Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God tests us to bring out our best. We don't think we have it in us. Well, we don't have it in us, but God creates it in us. He's at work in us. He's making us like him. To do that requires giants, all kinds of difficulties. And he sends them into our life for that purpose, to mature us. Spiritual maturity simply comes from testing and time. Do you want to be a better person than you are today? Most people would answer yes. Even though you desire to be a better version of yourself, if you have any life experience, you know that this growth comes as a result of challenges. Although it feels good to be coasting in life, that often breeds complacency and stagnation. Pastor Mark will be teaching that God doesn't want you to be stalled in your spiritual growth, So, he sends trials into your life. You might hate those tests, but meeting and overcoming those challenges is the only way for you to be the mature person that God wants you to become. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 17 as he continues in his series, The Life of David. So even when Jesus comes back and sets up his earthly kingdom in Jerusalem for those next thousand years in the millennium, at the end of that, remember, Satan is released for a short period of time. And he worked this amazing spiritual warfare and those children who were raised, born during that time from earthly parents who were serving God. They were kept in check until the end. And then their real heart comes out. So again, when we see this, remember Satan's goal is real. What is his goal? It's to steal and kill and destroy. That never changes. That's seen tonight in the story we just read, which is true, and it's with us. Now, when we read that, sometimes we lose heart. We go, man, come on. Pastor Mike, are you saying there's going to be storms and giants in my life till the end of my life? Yes, yes. But then Jesus spoke to us. He spoke to his disciples, who didn't understand it initially either. Notice what he says in John 14. We know the first part, uh, 16, but sometimes we forget the last part of the verse. I told you all this so that you might have, number one, peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I've already come to the world. So notice two things there. In spite of all of what I just said to you, spiritual warfare will always be there. We can have peace. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be negative. And also, I can take heart. I can have hope. It's going to be okay. Why? Because we already know what the outcome is. 
We already know what the outcome is. Turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. So why is God allowing this? He didn't orchestrate it originally. He didn't say to Adam and Eve now, get ready. It's going to be pretty painful right off the start here. He didn't do any of that. He just said to them, here's one warning. Don't go there. Please don't go there. Because if you go there, it's going to change your life and life forever. They went there. That's when all this entered. It will not be solved, as I said, until the end of millennium. But in the middle of all this, God allows in your life and my life tonight some giants, some different things. James chapter 1, look down to verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. In other words, when you face giants. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Two of these keys I want you to write down. Here's one of the keys. Sometimes giants, sometimes giants are used for our spiritual maturity. So sometimes God allows these things. Notice what that battle did for David. You'll see in a moment what it did for him. Amazing things that it did for David. Same thing for you and I. God tests us to bring out our best. We don't think we have it in us. Well, we don't have it in us, but God creates it in us. He's at work in us. He's making us like him. To do that requires giants, all kinds of difficulties, and he sends them into our life for that purpose, to mature us. Spiritual maturity simply comes from testing and time. God is not trying to hamper your life. He's not trying to make it miserable for you, but he knows that our faith must be tested, and this principle is in the New Testament, but we see it here in the Old Testament as well. Same thing for Abraham. You remember Abraham? He left, and he didn't know where he was going. Headed out to trust God. Abraham was a pretty rich man. And eventually, they got to the promised land. And you remember the first thing that happened when Abraham got to the promised land? What circumstances did Abraham meet when he got to the promised land? There was a famine. There was no food. Here's one of the richest guys in the world. He obeys God. And can you imagine him arriving? He's probably packing his tent up. God says, what do you mean you're packing your tent up? You're here. You mean this place? (laughs) There's no food here. Yeah, this is where I brought you. Say what? No, No food here? No food here. So instead of, initially, instead of trusting God right then, what does Abraham look to? Looks to his wisdom. And where does he head off to? By sight, he knows there's food where? In Egypt. And where does he go? Heads down to Egypt. Does that turn out good? No. But see, understand, the first thing, when he passes all these tests, he gets there to the promised land, and what's facing him? Another test. So it's perseverance. It's perseverance. Perseverance, we don't like perseverance, because perseverance means wait. Some of you died last week. Until Friday morning. You, you couldn't stand it. Black Friday's coming. Is it Friday morning yet? Is there a store open at 1 a.m.? Something. You had to get there. 
So what do they do? They put all these pre-sales. Pretty soon we're going to have pre-sales in July for Christmas. <laughs> Am I right? It's crazy anymore. So perseverance means what? Maturity doesn't happen overnight. It just simply takes time. Now, this isn't only a New Testament concept, obviously. Psalm 66.10 says this. For you, O God, tested us. You refined us like silver. See, there's no way for you and no way for me to mature without difficulty and without opposition. Trials, troubles, oppositions are simply God-given opportunities to grow. That same principle Jesus spoke about when he walked by a vineyard one day. While every branch that you and me that does bear fruit, he prunes it so it will be even more fruitful. So God lovingly uses trials and persecutions and troubles to expose the type of And the quality of my faith and yours. So sometimes giants are used for our spiritual maturity. Next, sometimes giants are used for correction. Now this giant was used for correction, not for David, but for the army of Israel and for King Saul. They were lacking faith in God. God exposed that lack through David. God was showing Israel who he really was all along. But they'd lost their faith in God. God was not only showing them who he really was, he was showing them what he wanted to do. But they missed it. They eliminated God from their formulary. Question number three, what or who is your Goliath tonight. Just like 3,000 years ago, we face in this evening our own giants. A giant that carries a sword of unemployment, unexpected sickness, depression, hopelessness, a feeling of abandonment, financial disaster, maybe even a lawsuit tonight. Sometimes a giant is a person, a spouse, a place of employment, a neighborhood, a school. Who or what are you facing tonight? Number four, are you running from this giant or are you facing it in God's strength? Has it already got you down? Are you so fearful of the outcome that you've lost your faith in God? You see, Satan's an amazing deceiver. Remember Goliath, 40 days, morning and night, came and verbally challenged the fearful army of Israel. This giant, I've been there, I know you have been, Sometimes the giants that face us, they wake us up in the morning. And as we lay down at night, he's right there again to speak into us. And we get discouraged. And we get fearful. And we know we shouldn't be. But reminds us tonight that the battle is in our mind. In our mind. That's when we must take up the sword of the Spirit. 
and allow God to bring victory to us. Now, Satan's strategy includes all kinds of things. Speculations, incorrect information that reveals God's truth. Fear is only defeated by faith, and that faith only can come from the Word of God. Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. You're close by. Ephesians chapter 6. David knew of this principle, probably not in the extent that Paul did, but similar. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. That's exactly what David did. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against Goliath, a lawsuit, a financial disaster, depression, sickness, unemployment. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. You see, this is a spiritual battle tonight. It always is. And we need spiritual armor and spiritual weapons to fight it effectively. We cannot fight it with our five senses. It's spiritual. When Jesus was in the wilderness, just after he started his ministry at the age of 30, the Spirit took him into the wilderness for a time of testing. And he faced the giant, Satan, in the wilderness. The resources that Jesus used brought victory after those 40 days. They're the same spiritual weapons that you and I have tonight. If you don't know them, I think you do, but if you don't, write them down. What are the weapons that Jesus used? They're the same weapons you and I have. Number one, the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he went into the desert filled with the Spirit. He came out of the desert filled with the Spirit. We'll have more to say about that. And, of course, prayer. Jesus knew where to go in the Word of God because the enemy always goes and takes the Word and uses it improperly. The more you and I are in the Word of God, not only do we know that's a lie from Satan, then I can go right to the Scripture and say, no, uh, well, God's against you tonight. No, that's not true. God's for me. Well, you sin three times. That's all. It doesn't matter. God's for me. Well, where do you show me that? Well, you can just turn right to Romans 8 and show him. He's a liar. And then also, of course, by being in the Word, it increases our faith. Now, remember, sometimes we forget this. Satan is nowhere near the equal of God. Satan's a created being. God is all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he's everywhere at the same time. Satan can't do that. So Satan's none of those things. He can defeat us. Excuse me, let me rephrase it. He will defeat us without God. You and I can't beat God. You know, Pastor Mark, you've been a Christian 60-some years, and you've been... No, without God, I'm, I'm toast. I'm toast. But with God, he's toast. He's toast. Look at verse 54. And I'll close with this, but I got four or five minutes. I, I, you got to see this. This is powerful. David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. Everybody say yuck. 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 And he put the Philistine's weapons in his own tent. Back to Second Samuel. Sorry. Verse 54. David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. Say yuck again. Yuck. Yuck. What did that smell like after a while? Oof. Man. 
And he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. So David took the head of Goliath to Jerusalem. But he put the weapons in his own tent. Why did he do that? When he lay down at night in that tent, he looked over and he saw those weapons. What was going through the mind of David? Did he have amazing visions as he saw that head? And let me show you on the overhead. I think this is, it was like a trophy room. See these trophy rooms? Those of you guys that are hunters got all these animals. Maybe, you know, we'll just say this for illustration tonight. And David's trophy room was what? That head. Just right there on the wall. And as he laid down at night, he looked at that big old ugly head right there. But maybe he had a lion's head too that he killed. Maybe that paw of a bear. It was his trophy room. Why was there a trophy room? Why did he do this? Why did he have these crazy weapons in the tent? They were memories. God often in the Old Testament had the children of Israel, what, make stones and mark a place. They remember memories of when God came through in a situation that was impossible. Let me stay this and see what comes to your mind. Remember the time when God did, you fill in the blank. We have memories, don't we? We have amazing memories. I have a section in my prayer journal at home called God's Goodness Page. It's my trophy page. And I want you to write these three things down before we leave tonight. Why the memories? Why did David do that? Why, When he looked at the sword, what, what came back to his mind? Memories of God doing impossible things in our lives and through us. Memories. Memories grow our faith. Every time David looked down at that sword, he went, man, that was amazing. Did God come through or what? Number two, memories keep us humble. As he looked at the size of that sword, he probably thought, thank you, Jesus. Because there's no way he had ever picked it up and been able to do anything. So memories, when God comes through for us, and all the times he's come through for you, when you face that giant, it was absolutely impossible. He came through for you, he keeps you humble. And number three, memories remind us that life is not about you. It's not about David. It's not about me. It's about God. So you and I need to have our own trophy rooms. My trophy room is my journal. That goodness page, where I can go back and think of all the times. And sometimes I forget them. So I go back. When I get discouraged, I go back and read some of those and go, man, I remember, God, you're amazing. You're amazing what you did there. So past victories remind us of the faithfulness of God. And we're encouraged that what we're facing right now that's impossible, it's the same God. Who brought me through the last one. So it gives me faith. And it gives me strength. And the last thing I want to say to you tonight. You don't need to write it down. But I want you to see. This this is how David did it. Last thing to think about tonight is. Focus on God who lives in you. The battle is the Lord. That giant you're facing right now. It's not yours. It's the Lord's. The battle you're facing. It's the same God that brought you through the other ones. Go back to your memory page. Ask God to bring you back to those places where God ministered to you.
and that you will understand that's the God who's the same God. When David looked at that sword, and when David looked at the head of Goliath, that was a very different head than a bear. But it was the same God. It was the same God. Now, here's what I want to do. We'll take two minutes to do this, and then we're going to leave. If you're here tonight, and there's a Goliath facing you, and you're struggling with it, I want you to stand, and we're going to pray for you tonight, that you will have faith in God. So wherever you're at, just stand for a moment, wherever you're at. Specific giant in your life tonight. We're going to pray for you. All right. Now, for a pastor or an elder, any of our pastors or elders, if they stand where I'm at tonight and I look at this, uh, what does that do to us? It humbles us. I mean, I love you guys. Can I do a thing for you? No, I cannot. But your God can. Your God can. Father, there's Goliaths all over this building. But there's a God who said to David, you go stand in your strength and I'll make a difference. David went and he reminded himself of this. The battle is the Lord's. As you stand tonight, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. So you trust him. You ask for him to develop faith in you. You quit focusing on the Goliath and you look to God and last tonight or tomorrow morning, take a moment to go back to your memory page and let the past memories, your spiritual trophy room, renew your heart, restore your joy and defeat the fear that the enemy has brought into your heart. And tonight, Father, I ask that you remove fear and depression and doubt from the hearts of these, your children. You're not against them. You're for them. Doesn't matter what they've done, you are for them tonight. You're a God who loves us and restores, and you're a God who loves to give us the victory. So tonight, may they walk out of this place. And when the giant comes yelling at their bedside tonight or in the morning, And they just stand in the strength of the Lord and say, I have peace because my God is going to overcome. May they have a wonderful night's sleep. When the day comes tomorrow morning, may when the sun comes up, may the hope and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ shine into their heart and remove the depression and doubt. And when they walk forward in faith, not just in word, the actions that you ask them to do, and they step forward to it. And tonight we leave because the battle is the Lord's. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, Pastor Mark talked about spiritual warfare. He taught that in the same way that Goliath mocked Israel and their God, trying to demoralize them, Satan is trying to do the same to you. You were reminded of the importance of knowing who you are in Christ and to become proficient in the spiritual weapons God has made available to you so that you can defeat the evil one. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This ends this installment of Pastor Mark's teaching, The Life of David. He will continue teaching about David's life, beginning to talk about David being brought into the palace and his friendship with Saul's son, Jonathan. You'll also hear about Saul's descent into madness and his attempts to kill David. You'll learn about David's responses and the godly attitude behind them. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.